Stage is set. The mics are on. It's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a former fighter. The voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA. The great and powerful Phil Campbell. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a former fighter. And now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts. The one and only Andy the icon, Burrow! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to another episode of Not Another Fightcast with myself, Phil Campbell, and the my illustrious co-host, Mr. Ooh. Andy Burrows. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad. I like the term illustrious. It kind of makes me feel like I'm important or something there. But uh, yes, folks, welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the last episode with Mr. Adam Stewart. Great feedback on that one, wasn't there? Tremendous feedback yeah. from that. that. That so far has been one of the most popular shows. And it's strange he didn't really have a massive amount to do with combat sports. Uh, so if you'd like to hear more along the lines of basically just a wee bit more around the fitness industry as well, of which we're all a part, um, then by all means drop us a line. I did do a little, uh, sorry, we did do a little Instagram question and answer and a lot of people did come back suggesting other outlets and other uh, people to have on the show, not necessarily involved in combat sports, so it's definitely something we're going to look into in the future. So. I'm going to hand you back over to Phil once again, and um, we're going to get, again, a bit of a shorter show today. We don't have a guest, it's just Phil and myself. Um, we're just going to break down a couple of fights that are coming up this weekend, and also uh, a local show called Clam Wars for anybody else in, in Ireland who doesn't know, if you're living under a rock, a mixed martial arts rock, and you don't know what Clam Wars is, we'll talk a wee <laughs> bit about that. Okay, folks, hand you back over to Phil here. Uh, there's been quite a few bits and pieces going on with uh, sort of Irish MMA of late. Um, first thing, obviously, the, the Bellator Dublin Bellator 240 card. Um, what looked to be um, a really great card and prospect, just from the, the main and co-main, has taken, uh, taken a wee bit of a hit with uh, Peter Quigley, who was to headline uh, the Bellator 240 section. He's now out. You know, he was, uh, he, I think, was an LCL tear. He was coming off that huge win over Ryan Scope. Um, I think that was at the last Bellator Dublin. So he's meant that was going to be the biggest fight of his career. He was going to take on Brent Primus, the former Bellator lightweight champion. But unfortunately, he has had to pull out with an LCL tour. But interestingly, coming in is Chris Bungard, uh, the Scottish fighter, 15-5 and five as a pro. Now, what's interesting about that is there had been a little bit of needle between Peter Queenie and Chris Bungard. So Bungard's gone in there now with a huge opportunity against... Brett Primus and, and with a big win you know he's essentially putting himself front and centre uh, in title contention so still a very interesting fight but in the context of what Bellator Dublin was meant to be I think the card's taken a hit there the card has actually taken a monstrous hit uh, Peter Queeley a monstrous fan favourite down in Dublin as well actually get well soon Peter um, lateral collateral ligament tear is an absolute brutal injury so we're wishing you all the best. Hope you recover as soon as you can. But keeping Brett Primus on the, Primus on the card is a, is, a, is a must, really, for Bellator in Dublin. Um, there's been a lot of talk up here, and rightly so, of the replacing the, uh, the headliner, um, Liam McCourt, now in headlining uh, a big, big Bellator card. 
in Ireland. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good move, I think, for Bellator. Obviously, sadly, James uh, Gallagher also off the card, which mm. is another blow to Bellator. It seems to be a cursed card. But let's just hope nobody else drops off that. Peter Queeley's a huge loss. Um, Massive I can, loss, yeah. I can tell you that the noise that, that was made... Last time I was down at Bellator, um, when Peter Queeley walked out, was was deafening, absolutely deafening. So, I mean, they're losing an awful lot of ticket sales there. Now, whether or not, hopefully the fans will still go, get behind the Irish talent that is on the show. I mean, we still have the likes of Redmond on the show, and I mentioned Leah. So, hopefully, people will get behind those guys and girls and, and, and give the show really what it deserves when we have big-time MMA coming to the island. Getting back to, to what that, that replacement uh, main event for, because... Bellator do this when they come to Ireland. They split the card essentially in two. So you have mm. Bellator Dublin and then you have Bellator whatever numbered card it is. So you essentially have two main events, which I'm not, I think, I don't, don't know whether it's a television thing mm. or whether it's a broadcasting thing, but it's a, a little bit strange. But that main event for Bellator 240, the 240 section mm. of it, the Chris Bungard. Chris Bungard for me is one of the most underrated pros uh, in Europe. Yeah. 15 and 5 is a pro. Uh, I think he has eight wins by submission, a bunch of them by rear naked choke. He doesn't get the credit he deserves for being mm-hmm. such a, for being such a technical submission athlete. Um, so I think he's going to get going to go in there and give Brent Primus uh, a lot more issues than I think people um, people are predicting. I don't think it's going to be a walkover for Primus by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, I, and not. But he presents another problem really for Primus opposed to what Queeley presented. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely change of opinion. Now, don't get me wrong. Peter Queeley is awesome on the floor, but Peter Queeley predominantly from what I have seen, likes to utilise a stand-up. Yeah. Brent Primus is now maybe going to have to face somebody who isn't going to be exclusively focusing on their stand-up game and will really come up against quite a deeply entrenched admission specialist. Now, that's not to say there won't be a great deal of stand-up. There will be. But if the fight hits him at, he's going to be posing an awful lot more problems. Mm-hmm. Comes from a really sort of hard-nosed... Uh, dig the heads in kind of team at Scottish Hit Squad but mm. he's also spent time uh, travelling the world training he's trained at the likes of ATT Portland which mm. is also where Brent Primus is, that's his home base so I don't necessarily know if there's been any crossover there but I think that also adds another interesting dynamic to the fight but it's, it's a fight that I think obviously the, the Irish fans won't be as a uh, won't be as attuned into because Queeley's not there. Yeah. But the fight to make after this, regardless of the result, I think the fight to make after it is Queeley and Bungard. Yeah. Regardless of, of who wins this fight because that's that's a huge domestic fight. Mm-hmm. These guys have gone back and forth a wee bit on, on social media. Bungard being a wee bit of the nomadic kind of fighter that he mm-hmm. is has spent time at SBG Ireland as well. These guys have trained together. That's where a wee bit of shit talk came about. Mm. Boys were talking out of turn, talking out of school about what happened in the training session. Never a good idea. Never, ever a good idea. So what I think would be fun would be to see how that unfolds with the caveat of being uh, a big Bellator fight, a big domestic fight. Uh, Bellator, to the best of my knowledge, haven't been in Scotland. No, I don't think they have, no. You could stick it on a Scottish card. You could stick yeah. it on a Dublin card. So it has the, the potential there to, to be a very interesting domestic fight. That's a really good a good point. Either way, make that fight straight away after this. I mean, there's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Brent Primus loses this fight. No, I think... And if he does lose that fight, that poses a whole problem for Bellator. Obviously, Brent Primus was coming over here to be one of those guys... Mm-hmm to take on an Irish contender, and we use the term contender all the time, we're talking about Irish people regardless of, of where really, we're talking about James Gallagher as a contender, only until very recently we were talking about Conor McGregor as another contender, so in this case I think if he comes away with a win, 
that poses a good problem for Bellator and a nice narrative to make the Quilly fight straight away. Mm-hmm. And then you alluded alluded to it a little bit there, James Gallagher, off the Sadly. card. Uh, regardless of, of what you think of him, he's, he's a polarising prospect, mm-hmm. but regardless of what you think about him, he's moving the needle. You're, yep. ta- you're talking about him regardless, and with MMA being the industry that it is nowadays, MMA being the business, being the entertainment business that it is, the worst thing that could happen would be nobody talking about you. That, you know, everybody would like to give this guy some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't argue with his talent. His talent is supreme. I've witnessed it firsthand, um, and we also, people make fun of him. I've heard the term Colin Man McGregor used before for him, which is, don't get me wrong, it's pretty funny. But let's be honest, this is a very young man who's grown up around Connor and grown up around the guys in SBGI. So he's going to take on that personality, whether we like to believe it or not. Plus, he has put it all on the line. And that one Ricky Bendez fight aside, he has been very, very successful. So I like to give him a lot of credit. And again, wish him all the, way, all the best and hopefully get him back in the cage soon. And you can only really fight the, the, the people that are being put in front of you. True. I think there's there's mentality in... In MMA, especially that you you get thrown to the wolves straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind that they're building James Gallagher. Not at all. I don't mind that they're Not they're, they're building a young fighter and, and taking those incremental steps in progression. I've I've nothing wrong with that. It was a boxing model that worked for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, it still works to this day. Look at MVP. People are giving yeah. MVP. They don't you don't hear that well. You're starting to maybe hear the mutterings a wee bit around MVP that he's not fighting the higher calibre of fighters. And when he has stepped up, he has lost. Now, talking about Lima, um, again, maybe for MVP, uh, the Daly fight. I, I have my own views on the Daly fight, but even then, he still got past Daly. So, I mean, if he beats the guys in front of them, that's it's, it. You can't be arguing with him. It's the same with Gallagher at the minute. And Gallagher's only 24, mate. Yeah, he's, he's very he's young. Only, you forget, because I think especially on this island, you know, mm. we've... We've known about him since he was about 14. Yeah. We've known about him since he was 14, fighting grown men. Mm-hmm. And the the whole, you know, uh, McGregor connotations, the whole sort of McGregor imitation, just because, like, that, that's a gym mentality. That's not just a Conor McGregor mentality. Of course that's, it is. That's a gym mentality. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that Conor McGregor's the most high-profile exponent of that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you see it in Kiefer Crosby. You see it um, in, in Blaine O'Driscoll. You see yeah. it uh, in Keen Kiley. That you, you, I was going to say, one of the very few people, you do see it a bit in Keen, but mm-hmm. Keen is a lot more reserved than some mm-hmm. of the other guys. Um, but you're right, it's a gym mentality. Uh, Connor just happens to be the guy who was front and centre, and his personality grew out of that. So, I mean, I don't think you can really pick on James too much regarding that. Mm-hmm. But it's sad to see him off the court, and it's another massive kick in the dick for Bellator for Dublin. Kyle Eleanor, I think, would have been the the biggest test. Mm. Uh, obviously, I would have been. Yeah, like that was. I think Bellator starting to starting to dig a little bit deeper with, with James Gallagher mm-hmm. putting him in there against somebody who's tried and tested him, one of the best in the UK and Europe. Yeah, Carl uh, Eleanor, eight and two as a pro, six wins by submission. I think. You see, that's a much much more high caliber fight like I watched him against that American guy he fought last time in Bellator in Dublin mm. and it, it was literally like somebody beating up a nature old Salazar was, uh, yeah it was that, 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 fight, that finished in what 34 yeah. 35 seconds it was bad and you know credit to Salazar he came in as a last minute very last uh, replacement because it, this fight was actually meant to happen then months ago but Cal mm. Eleanor obviously there was uh, some sort of abnormality with his brain scan Allegedly, he had part of his front, a gap in his frontal lobe, mm-hmm. uh, and three dark spots, so he wasn't allowed to compete. But I'm not exactly sure how. This is where I get a little bit confused because mm. he's allowed to fight now, 
So allegedly he had a brain scan in 2017 when he was fighting an EFC in South Africa. Mm -hmm. So he got that brain scan to show that there was no difference between that brain scan and this brain scan. He had had five fights in between. So I think the rationale why he got passed was showing that there'd been no difference between the two. Yeah. But if he's missing a bit of his frontal lobe, if there's a gap in his frontal lobe and he had three dark spots mm. in the initial brain scan in 2017, surely he shouldn't be allowed to compete just because there's no, just because it hasn't got better or worse. Yeah, it, it, this, the risk still, I would imagine, I'm not clearly a brain surgeon. I know that like this comes is, I could be a surprise. I, I could be completely wrong in how I'm interpreting that, but just from what I've yeah. read, that's, what's, I well, would, that's what I've been... I would be quite concerned anything to do with the brain and anything to do with somebody's... Basically, the existence of a human being due to a combat sport, it would be something that would give me deep concerns. But mm. we do know that Ireland is probably one of the safest places. Southern Ireland is one of the most safest places to compete in mixed martial arts. With the most stringent protocols now through CFMMA. Exactly. Yeah. That's CFMMA thing. And people will give it shit. I do not give it shit. It has saved lives so far. It has changed and saved lives. So we can't argue against that. So we have to give them the benefit of the doubt in this case. So if that says, if you have a neurosurgeon come along and saying, look, the risk is no more than it was before, then that's fine. Um, but conversely, Bellator middleweight champ. Rafael uh, Lovato Jr., yeah. Yeah, he came out on the Joe Rogan show there recently and he started to uh, explain that how he has a congenital brain disorder that looks to be on its way to stopping him from competing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and that was discovered during a brain scan for fights. So we have to look at these things and say they are beneficial for the existence of a person and also for fighter health and safety. Yeah, because I, th I think with the combat sport, it's any fighter having, or sorry, any athlete having to retire due to injury, it's obviously it's saddening. Mm. But if it's a footballer, you know, it's, it's, it's not potentially life-limiting in the same no. way that an injury in mixed martial arts is. When you're talking about something neurological, you're talking about life-changing, life-limiting, or potentially life-ending injuries. So I think you, obviously, you're disappointed as, as a fan when something like this happens, mm -hmm. but you also need to look through the lens of a human being here. That's... You know, if this was somebody close to you and they were told to stop doing something because it you know, I could essentially turn them into a fucking vegetable. Yeah, or you're not going to carry on there. You'll be fine. Yeah. No, you will tell that person to stop. And I think that we should look at this more. And of course, there are there are fan favourites there. There are guys and girls who come out and they, they put on great shows and we like watching them. And, yeah. and we're all attracted to that. But we have to look at it, as Phil correctly pointed out, from a more human element. And if there is a brain damage issue or, or an abnormality in the brain, then we just have to say no. And let that person get on with their life in, in whatever way they can. So hopefully there's going to be no, obviously, out, bad outcome for this, mm. but I'm glad that he is competing in one of the safest portions mm. in the world to compete for mixed martial arts. And on a slightly lighter note, do you think the James Gallagher, Cal Eleanor fight is going to become their version of Khabib and Tony Ferguson? Because this, uh, this is the second time it's yeah. dropped off. Um, and I, th I would hate to see it drop off because it, it, it's potentially... a. It's the, the toughest fight that I think James Gallagher's going into mm. against probably, on paper, the the best opponent. I think he's had. I know he lost the, the Bandeas fight, mm. but I think everybody was taken a little bit by surprise there. So on, on paper, I think this is the toughest fight for James Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher actually said on Instagram that uh, he's not letting him off the hook and he is next. So I, I think James Gallagher wants a fight. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure Cal Elner wants a fight too. Mm -hmm. Although he's a lot quieter on anti-social media than James is, mm -hmm. um, I do think that I'm hoping it doesn't become that Tony Khabib 
and that it's maybe a year or two too late for them. Um, hopefully that won't happen and won't manifest the way this has, but I'm hoping to get that fight on because it is, it's got, I was going to say fireworks, sir. it is an exciting fight. So. Well, you've got to use the old cliche well, of fireworks. It's going to be fireworks. Yeah. I love the old cliche it's of fireworks. It's got to the point where I, when I'm doing commentary, I nearly try and fit it in. You have to fit it in somehow. Just, just as parody, just mm. as, a, as a bit of crack, because who doesn't enjoy it? No. Mm. You have to say things. So, moving on, that, that was the main event. Yeah. And where one door closes for somebody, a window opens for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Liam McCourt, three and one. Uh, taking on who is it? She's Judith Ruiz. Judith Ruiz. Yep, six and four. The German. Yeah, that's a tough fight for Leah. I genuinely it think is. that's a tough yeah. fight for Leah. Yeah. Um, I know. Obviously, Leah is. I, I'm, I'm not going to say being built up by Bellator because that mightn't be the case. But she has recently been taken away to um, Israel and stuff with Bellator for yeah. one of their cards as a visiting fighter. Um, she is exciting. She is very, very talented. Um, she has the look and she is great on camera. So what's to say that Leah, if she doesn't get past, if she does get past uh, Judith Ruiz here, there is unfortunately the shadow of Cyborg in her future? I think the, the, if, if, if Leah plans to stay at 145, yeah. it's inevitable. Yeah. Uh, especially in such with women's divisions being so thin. That division specifically in yeah. Bellator is incredibly thin. And it's purely because it's, it's not to do that there isn't quality there, it's to do with the fact that it's still such a young division. Yeah. And women's MMA in and of itself is still so young, mm-hmm. so you would hope that Bellator wouldn't be keen to throw her to the, the wolves straight away because... That is, I really... Uh, I, you know what, I hope for Leah's sake in the next year or two, with a good experience, she does be able to get hold of a championship fight whether it be Cyborg, Julia Budd, whoever Mm. at that stage but I just think at this minute in time it would be too early for her and I know there's the temptation out there as Phil Reilly pointed out that specific division is very very thin on the ground there's a temptation just to drop her in there and see what happens I would avoid that you you don't want her just to become cannon fodder for Cyborg and if anybody watched the Cyborg Julia Budd fight holy shit Yeah. so yeah, she is one terrifying lady and like Cyborg, like I've met Cyborg, mm-hmm. I, I called a fight with Cyborg. Mm-hmm. She's a unit. She's, yeah. she's literally, she's a tank. She's sturdy. I gave the woman a hug and nearly bounced off her. You it's know? crazy. She, feels, she walks around like one seventy-five. Or she feels bulletproof. That's why she feels. She's compact and she, she's, she's scary. She's training now in South Africa as well. Yeah, with Coach Kwan, yeah. Coach Kwan University. That's uh, that was her head coach when she won the when she won the Bellator title, mm-hmm. coming the first ever uh, MMA Grand Slam champion. Yeah, that, so. again. So look at the level. But good for Leah. Um, Leah, she actually did an, an interview on mainstream TV here. Um, UTV also, was it? Yeah, it was also yeah. television, and it worked out really well. Again. She's very comfortable on camera. Ah, she's very articulate, a very engaging character, yeah. Yeah, so she has got all the tools there, and it's not that she isn't skilled. So I'm just hoping that she gets past Judith Ruiz here and then gets a bit of time out, and it's, she's built up correctly mm. before she's dropped into the deep end with a cyborg. Because currently, she, she's 3-1 and one as a pro, mm. but you know, she's still essentially a, a baby. Yeah, a novice, ultimately yeah, a novice. Yeah, a novice pro, and this, go, like, this is only her fifth mm. uh, professional fight. Playing devil's advocate, is it too much too soon putting her in the main event spot? I think it's dangerous putting in, her in the main in event regard. spot. Uh, she's, I'm gonna, I'm not, it's not necessarily a home crowd for her. Leah's from the northern portion of Ireland, mm-hmm. and the fight is in the south. But there is a great deal of pressure on any person from the island of Ireland competing on a show of this size, and the pressure is unbelievable. You know what the Dublin crowd's like. 
yeah. any Irish guy or girl, whether you're from the north or the south, the crowd is vociferous. Yeah, they'll give they, you a massive noise. pop. Yeah, you'll get a massive pop. And that adrenaline dump cannot be underestimated. Mm -hmm. That, and I think if now Leah hasn't really experienced mm -hmm. that level yet. Plus, there's also the there's also the it's not just the fight. There's also the ha hanging about in the changing room, warming up. Mm -hmm. You know, you're. You're waiting hours and hours it, and hours. Pre-fight anxiety is a real thing. Yeah. Pre-fight anxiety exists. It drains you as a human being. It causes you to, to doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. Your mind races you overthink. Um, the changing room starts getting emptier uh, and yes. emptier and emptier. It's smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Even more people yeah. leave, it seems to get smaller for you. Mm -hmm. And you get a bit claustrophobic. Also, she's with such a big team now. Um, she's traveling down training with Owen Roddy mm -hmm. and the guys at SBGI. So she, she is in part of that group. And don't be under any illusion. People down there in Dublin and all over Ireland know what SBG is about. And they expect their fighters to perform in a specific way. Mm -hmm. They do. Um, and if she's not really living up to that, or you just, I know how this could go. She mightn't live up to that, and the crowd will get on her back, or maybe start to boo, or, and then imagine the confidence strain. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to see that for Leah, because I think she's absolutely amazing. So um, I would love to see her just basically dominate the fight, come away with a, a great win, and no injuries, and move on. I was just like, Judas a legitimate test. Yeah, she is. She's six, six and four as a pro. She's mm -hmm. competed on the likes of Shuto. She's competed mm -hmm. on the likes of, of Deep. She's at she's a 34 years old. She's a, she's a veteran. Yeah, but not what you just pointed out there was those are two shows that are in the Far East. Yeah. So she's not afraid to travel. No, and they're also shows that the, were kind of the pioneering shows for women's mixed martial arts. Yeah. So she was fighting good quality opponents mm -hmm. over there. So I think, you know, all the pressure's on Leah for this fight. I mean, Judith can go in there in the role of spoiler. Very much so. And I think it's, it's not as conclusive... Um, Building it up as a win for Leah, oh, no. as people may think. I'm not taking all. this for I, as a as an Irish mixed martial arts fan. I am not taking this for granted that this is an easy win for Leah mm. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I think Leah has got improvements in her game straight away. Mm. Her stand up has definitely improved. Her handwork has, has greatly improved. I think she's working. She's, I know she's working with Owen Roddy. Yeah, she's she a fantastic striking coach. She's one, is, one of the best in the world. Um, but he, she's also working with uh, Ray Ginley. Yeah. Uh, another boxing coach here from Belfast as well and, and you can see these improvements in Leah um, so good for her taking the time out and trying to do all this but it is going to be a big tough tough ask for her and and she's, well, she's, she's got some real good quality training partners in and around her mm. size there you've got Ian Concrete clearly, uh, Cleary uh, you've got Ryan Curtis mm. uh, Scott Harvey Ger uh, Harris is down there as well so mm. genuinely good guys they're Do building such a great great camp down there mm -hmm. in SBG I think they are uh, and you can't argue with the, the results that they're getting from it I, so, so they're doing a lot of things right so that's that's in the, that's in the main event position mm. um, there has been a lot of talk like, and I'm basing this purely on what I'm seeing in comment sections mm. this, this isn't me bashing the main event or by any stretch of the imagination but the general feeling from fans in the mm. MMA community seems to be that there were other fights more deserving of the main event spot I think mm. there, there is an element of truth to that. Yeah. I think when you look at somebody like Paul Redmond, who's on the Paul card. Paul Redmond. I don't know who he's fucked off in Bellator. It, it's somebody he, badly. He, he is, he's not getting the, he's the not recognition getting... or the rub of it he deserves whatsoever. No, absolutely not. I mean, Paul Redmond, anybody doesn't know who Paul Redmond is, you've been living under a rock. Yeah, UFC turn, turn, turn this fucking show off now. Yeah, he <laughs> is. Yeah, exactly. Piss away off. He's absolutely outstanding. And a really nice dude as well. Very quiet guy. But also an absolutely monstrous fighter. Um, and deserves a higher up slot. Um, he's on the prelims, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. 
what the fuck is that about Bellator? Um, Catch yourselves on. Anyone you speak to within the Irish MMA community mm-hmm. has just glowing things to say about him. Just his ability, the way he handles mm-hmm. himself. He's 15, he's a veteran, he's 15 and yeah. 7. Uh, former uh, Cage Warriors champion, mm-hmm. uh, a KS- fighter. Yeah, Bama veteran. UFC veteran. UFC, KSW. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's fighting a, a, another veteran in Georgie Karagian. Yeah. You, that's a guy with... Between them, I worked this out, between them they have 62 professional fights. Mm. You're talking about two veterans there. Georgie, 28, 10, 1 and 1. So he has, I think that's 40, if I do my, my that's sums ridiculous. quickly. He fights. 40 altogether, like. So you've two veterans there. One's languishing in the prelims. One of them's, one of them's uh, Irish. Yeah. One, one of them the, the crowd absolutely love. Again, being a wee bit sort of saying this, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but... Mm kind of with maybe a, a wee hint of truth to it is Paul Redmond suffering from not having three letters I didn't want to say that but uh, I've got to tell you the last time we were down at Bellator the guys from SBG whenever they came out the crowd went nuts mm. absolutely unglued whenever I was in the corner for uh, Obi-Wan Dan Lenjak when he mm-hmm. fought Kiefer Crosby and um, it, the sound that that place made, I could hardly hear what Dan was saying. He's less than a foot away from me. It was so loud. Mm. Um, so having those three letters as a club and as a, I suppose as a fighting style of Ireland, I think he maybe is being damaged. But that doesn't take away from his skill because he's trained by Andy Ran, and Andy Ran is an absolute animal, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic, fantastic coach. So I mean, if you just think of SBG as being the best club in Ireland. There's some merit to that, of course there is, but there's others out there, and I think that, I, I don't know if he's been overlooked specifically because of that, but I think if he was at SBG, he'd be further up the card. I think that's, that's, a, that's a fair assertion to make. There, mm-hmm. There's a massive disparity in the number of other Irish fighters from other clubs mm-hmm. being represented on the card. I think you only have two. You have Blenita and Redmond, yeah. are the only two representing Team Rayano. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I go through here, you have 13 SBG, SBG fighters. fighters. Liam McCourt, Kiefer Crosby, Ryan Roddy, Phil Mulpeter, Carl Moore, Will Flurry, Richie Smullen, Blaine O'Driscoll, Danny Nealon, Dylan Logan, Kieran Clark, Charlie Ward, Richard Kiley. It's crazy. That's 13 fighters. Mm-hmm. 13 fights on a 21 fight. It's insane. Card, I think it is. And, and two there from the north, two prominent ones, obviously Leah and Carl, mm-hmm. both former FAI mm-hmm. prospects mm-hmm. as well. So got Ryan, Ryan Roddy too, former Northern fighter, fought, yeah. uh, fought out of EFR for, EFR for, for Ryan well, Roddy, yeah. yes. You forget, I think Ryan's only 30, Yeah, but he's he's a veteran. He's been around for as mm-hmm. long as I can remember. Like yeah. I, I remember him uh, fighting on cards with the likes of Merv Mulholland and mm. you know, you're talking uh, a, a real veteran there a guy who took quite a bit of time away from yeah. the sport but then came back with a, did he come back with a win in his last Bellator uh, performance I think I think it was um, we mentioned Richard Kiley there he's only recently been uh, been added to the card great to see him back glad to have him back actually uh, you can't I'm, not like him I'm a big fan of Richard yeah you can't not like him Pe- people knock him for for the, the last fight with, uh, with MVP. M- MVP but people don't realise that and, and I knew this weeks beforehand mm-hmm. he was going in with, with only one knee yeah and he was very badly injured I think people ins- insiders knew that he was he was carrying quite a severe knee injury and yet still didn't want to pull out of the fight um, I don't know what it would have changed the outcome I actually don't think it would have changed the outcome mm-hmm. but you've got to give Richard a lot of credit um, you can't help but like the guy he's incredibly entertaining incredibly entertaining incredibly entertaining a great talker a great style you know that has that almost that uh, that point kickboxing style yeah. that in and out 
uh, get hit without being he, hit. He really does carry. He does carry power, though. And oh God, that's I. one of the things that I mean. I witnessed that firsthand, being in the corner of Dan whenever he fought Richard. Dan was winning the fight, in my opinion, quite comfortably. Yeah. Up until he wasn't. Up until it all suddenly changed, and that was it, over and done with. And it was simply due to that in and out changing of the weight transfer straight in with a fantastic shot and took the fight so he does carry power and Kylie is one hell of an exciting dude glad to see him back actually good for him uh, he's taking on the 5-1 and one Brit George Hardwick who had been on a 5 fight winning streak until October 2019 when he lost on Cage Warriors uh, 109 I think that was either London again not an easy fight for him so. no it's not an easy fight at all so it's uh, Kylie 3-2 and, three and two, taking on 5-1 and one. the problem is as well there's a lot of people lined up hoping Richard loses yeah there is. It's because of his personality, and I'm not one of them. I, I hope he wins. I hope he's brilliant. No, I'd, lo- I'd, lo- I'd love to see him get a win and kind of really sort of use this year, 2020, mm-hmm. to kind of propel himself forward. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you don't have a long time in the sport. I think, what's Richie, 33, 34? Yeah, he so, must be mid-30s now. So. Yeah, so he really needs to sort of spring forward and, and do as much as he can, as quick as he can mm-hmm. in the sport, and get out relatively unscathed. Uh, we mentioned there Georgie Hardwick, 5-1. and one. His last fight was on Cage Warriors. Great show. Speaking of Cage Warriors. Yeah, come yes, on. for a fucking segue, huh? absolutely brilliant segue. I'm actually going to go to this card. I am going to go to this. Are you going to go? Oh, I've tickets bought. Oh, I, bought. I hope I'm in the country for it. Um, yeah. uh, if I'm not, you know, somebody can have my ticket. Mm-hmm. But... but um, uh, ideally, I'd like to be working on it. That'd be perfect if you can get on that. I do yeah. commentary on the, a, a Cage Warriors card in Belfast. Well, of course, talking about Cage Warriors 115 uh, in Belfast on the 16th of May uh, this year. Confirmed names for it so far are Reese McKee, who will be fighting for the welterweight title against an as yet to be named opponent, uh, Joe McCoggan, Deke McElhinney, Ian Gary, Paul Hughes, Kier Mulholland, James Sheehan, Eric Nolan, and Cahill Manning. Brilliant. So that's just that's some mm. of the best fighters on the that, island. Yes, that, that are coming from this island. Um, give Reese a, a big mention there. Reese McKee is somebody who is criminally underrated again. Um, I know obviously people in the industry know how good Reese is. Is it is it because he's not a shit talker? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think he, he I don't think he has that in him. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's just he's very very typical of the very typical of what we have as a Northern Irish fighter who's not willing to yell and shout but is willing to sort of like in essence sort of uh, you know put the game together when it when it matters so I I think Reese is a UFC candidate I, I just think he's a UFC candidate in the future I say if it's more a case of when he wins the Cage Warriors belt it, there's a he's, he's in the perfect place to be signed mm. by, by the UFC the only thing is who do you, like? He's just after wiping the floor with Hakan Foss he, and with that beautifully timed jab. Superb fight. So realistically, who do you put him in with at, uh, who is, at 170? Who is there at 170? Unless, I can't see anybody that's already on the, the Cage Warriors books, but I can see them bringing in maybe the likes of a UFC veteran, maybe somebody that's that's a big yeah. name internationally. I mean, that would upset a lot of guys in the Cage Warriors, sort of, Cage Warriors um, arena. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if they're bringing in an outsider, just to immediately dive in and and go for the welterweight title. But, and I, I think you're right there. When Reese wins the title, um, I can't see anybody toppling him at the minute. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. He's high riding high in confidence. Um, and none of that's a welterweight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I mean, if anybody knows his nickname is a Skeletor. We used to fight at lightweight. Mm-hmm. Don't know how he made lightweight. He's gigantic. So um, I think it's a much better weight for him. And speaking of lightweight, the former Cage Warriors lightweight champion Jai Herbert mm-hmm. signed by the UFC to take on Mark Casey. And if you look at the loss on Jai Herbert's record, who's it against? Mm-hmm. Reese McKee. Exactly. So that that's a marker of just mm-hmm. how good Reese yeah. is and how much he deserves to get the opportunity um, to fight in the UFC. But before he does that. 
it's a big title fight in Belfast for him. Yeah, I think Reese deserves this more than anybody else. I mean, he comes from my MMA in Belf and sorry in Balmina. They're trained with Rodney Moore and some of the guys up there. KSW champ, um, obviously Mr. Norman Park, mm -hmm. um, up there too. A lot of great fighters coming out of that gym. So, I mean. I'm hoping Reese puts this guy, whoever it is, away pretty smartly and gets the recognition he now deserves. And maybe moves on to the UFC call. I don't know. Hopefully he does, because he definitely deserves it. And if, if you look at the lineage of the Cage Warriors welterweight title, you're talking about guys most recently, Ross Houston, Nicholas Dalby, Dan Hardy, Cahill Pendred. Yeah. These are, apart from Ross Houston, who is in negotiations with the UFC at the minute, these are all guys that have gone to the UFC and performed well. Hmm. So uh, Ross Houston, I would have been would have been my choice for Reese McKee. Mm -hmm. I know he's in negotiations with UFC, but he would be my choice. He's been yeah, he's been released from his contract. Well, that, so as good as in the UFC, then I would like to see Ross Houston go to the UFC and rematch Nicholas Dalby. That would be because awesome. that was a bloodbath blood of a fight. So bloodbath, great show. And Paul Hughes on that card too. Yeah, I was just um, about to ask you anybody else jumping on, jumping out Paul for you Hughes, there. Every time, um, former fighter EFR, now up in FAI yep. in Belfast. Um, cannot argue that man's skill. I saw him dismantle somebody in Bama. And he was 19, I think, at that stage, 18 or 19. And he lit. Was that in the Odyssey? It was in Dublin. In Dublin. Um, he just ruined this guy in the first round. Looked amazing. Problems with his hands, um, documented hand problems, obviously, but seems to be healthy now. Um, this guy is so exciting, a great, great fighter. Had problems getting a match for a while, but I, I know, obviously, moving on to a bigger show, there's going to be bigger fish swimming around. Yeah, opens up the pool a little bit for yeah. him. And then you've got someone like Ian Gary. Oh. Ian Gary fighting on that card. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pay to watch that guy spar. Yes. That's just how entertaining he is. But I think he needs to now... There's no point in Ian fighting guys that are in and around his level record-wise. Guys that are 2-0, and o, guys that are 3-0. No. Because he's just a level above he's that. He's just obliterating them. The, there's no point. The guys, the guys in and around him in that kind of quote-unquote prospect category. Yeah. He's blowing them out of the water. To me, Ian's beyond prospect now. Um, I think Ian is a future UFC title challenger, not mm -hmm. just a future UFC fighter. Yep. Um, I know we're probably maybe forcing him forward a wee bit too much, but anybody who's watched this guy fight before, is he is just outstanding. Clam Wars veteran as well. Yep. Um, he is Made his amateur on. debut on Clam Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, but such an exciting fighter. Incredibly talented. And all... If anybody didn't see his internet, the video last year, uh, singing. Oh, with his granddad? Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. And all around good, good guy as well. What Aye. a lovely human being. He is, and, and hopefully, hopefully he's up at uh, he's up at Clown Wars and we get uh, we get a catch up with yeah, him. Yeah, lovely human being as well. So big shout out to him too. Good for him. So that's kind of the bulk of, uh, of local MMA, Irish MMA mm -hmm. covered. Do you want to touch on the UFC this weekend, UFC 247? Oh yeah, uh, I suppose UFC 247, we have... I'm not moved by the card at I'm all, not, to be fair. I don't think John Jones could sell tickets to his fucking back garden. I just... And no, Dominic Reyes is a dick. <laughs> I can't help it. I watched the UFC, I didn't know much about him. Watched the Countdown show last night. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't warm to the guy. Couldn't warm to him. None. He had that American jock sort of appearance. Yeah. Talked about him being an athlete. Yeah. And, and invite. So, you know back, what? It was such a cliche going back to this fucking high school. I, yes. Oh. Do you know what? I'm going to get one of those tables out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put out one of those. You know, you ever see that meme with a guy sitting there that says, change my mind? Mm -hmm. You know I'm going to get one of those. NFL does not make you a good fighter. Change my fucking mind. <laughs> it seems to be some sort of a narrative. Oh, he once threw a ball around on a pitch once, so he, yeah. he's going to be UFC champion. 
John Jones obliterates this guy. He damages him. him. Yes. Walks, walks through him. It's going to be as one-sided a fight as you can probably see. I don't even think it goes out of the second round. I have no real interest in seeing John Jones fight unless it's a heavyweight. No, uh, not, not at the moment. He even said, there's a great Ariel Hilwani interview, and maybe has changed my view on John Jones ever so slightly. He came across brilliantly. And he discusses that he thinks he could beat Steve Miocic right now. I, th- I think that's I think that's I think that's true. But you're saying about the the way he came across in it. I also watched it and thought he was faker than Pam Anderson's tits. Really? I, I, I can't fucking stand him. Oh, he See, fucking this, got me the fucker. This full pious humble thing he mm-hmm. has going on. It's fucking put my head away because you know as soon as the camera's off, he's he's away fucking somebody that's not his wife. Yeah. Throwing stuff up his nostrils and getting away with. It. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why he hooked me there. I don't know why he did. You're a mark. You marked I, out for him. Completely. And. And maybe it was a whole Christmas... I, I know we made fun of the Christmas thing where he went around giving coats to people, but um, I don't know. I, there was just something a bit different about him there. But I, I just think that fight really... It's not going to be, in Dana's terms, a needle mover for anybody. So when, when he inevitably gets past Dominic Reyes, mm. is there anybody else at 205? Or is, I, has the hand been forced to go up to heavyweight? I think if he doesn't go up to heavyweight now, he's going to miss the boat. And he may, he may tar- not tarnish his legacy, cemented at light heavyweight, but mm. to be the best in the world ever, ever. at the sport, mm-hmm. I think he needs to go up. He needs, yeah. he needs to fight Stipe. I've no real interest in the Adesanya fight. That's been not yet, as well. Not yet. No, Two not years yet. down the line, maybe, yes. Um, that doesn't do anything for me at all. No, it doesn't. Um, I do also think that there are so many good fights for him up at heavyweight. I could turn this into John Jones' show, but I mean, you imagine John Jones, Francis Ngannou, John Jones... Derek Lewis, mm-hmm. John Jones, Rumble Johnson yeah. at heavyweight. Those are fights that would absolutely make monstrous money. And Derek Lewis is fighting on this card against Ilya Latifi. Crazy. Now, if Latifi can go to fucking heavyweight, Ilya Latifi what's is preventing a, John Jones? Is one inch taller than me, and he is fighting at heavyweight. That's fucking terrifying. He is doomed. Doomed, I think. Well, you know, you never know, but I mean, I can just see Derek Lewis hitting him at him. Yeah. Not waking up for about a week. Derek Lewis, who cuts to make the 265 yeah, pound weight just limit. Just deleting his memory bank with one single right hand, similar to Volkov. So we, we're, we're agreed that that's, that fight's kind of a foregone conclusion. I think conclusion. it's a complete foregone conclusion. And then in, in the co main event, you have Valentina Shevchenko defending the women's flyweight title against Caitlin Chukagian. Again, that's another fight that's not moving me at all. Not at all. I think that's a squash match. Yeah, as, ta- as talented as Valentina is, um, her last, the, the knockout of Jess Guy is probably. Yeah, kick knockout was beautiful, yeah. What a finish but she's going to do it again here and yeah. she's going to do it to Kelvin Chukagian I just can't see uh, a world where Chukagian takes this title from Valentina I think there's an argument that Valentina is equally as good as Nunes yes she's lost twice to Nunes yeah but, but in, close, in close decisions very, very close, close decisions, decisions. Um, I mean and there's not much for Valentina left once she gets rid of Chukagian that's, there's not much for her there that's what and you know obviously all respect to Caitlin Chikagian, she's a professional athlete, she's in the UFC, where she deserves to be, but she's in this position by virtue of the fact that there's, there's nobody else. There's nobody else. You know, uh, if we're doing MMA math, Chikagian lost to Jessica I, Jessica mm-hmm. I, who then went and lost emphatically. Brutally. To Valentina. Now, I know MMA math doesn't always work out, but it's literally, they, they've looked about, 
seeing who's free and says, yes, you're yeah. the number one contender. Yeah. You're, you're not doing anything on that Saturday. Do you fancy getting your memory destroyed by Valentina Shevchenko? And then look, looking down, further down the card, the, the only real other fight that jumps out at me is the Derek Lewis uh, the Derek Lewis Elia Latife fight yeah. again not because I think it's going to be a great fight but no. it's because it's really the only other two guys I recognise and it's also freak value yeah there's freak value in this as I said Elia Latifi is an inch taller than me but he's going to be fighting mm. at a weight limit of 265 pounds and there's there's a lot of guys on the card that names I don't recognise no and it seems to be the, the UFC is really creeping into the territory of, of the boxing model you have your main event maybe your co-main event and the rest is just and then, yes maybe 10 other garbage fights nobody really knows who they are there might be one or two prospects in there and a couple of squash matches and I think that's what we're kind of seeing here and I think that's because of the frequency of shows the UFC are putting on now this begins a run of eight UFCs in a row every weekend as much as I enjoy that that is an awful lot of shows ten years ago you would have been lucky to get that in a year you probably wouldn't have got that in a year yeah you probably wouldn't have you would have been lucky to get eight shows Mm. in a year maybe ten 12 years ago mm. so I think uh, the market's just oversaturated now it is oversaturated and, but we're very lucky and I think it's a good time to be an MMA fan because we've discussed we have Cage Warriors coming to Belfast we mm-hmm. have Bells who are coming to Belfast we've got UFC on for now eight mm-hmm. weeks in a row Clam Wars have just announced Clam they're, Wars. they're going back to the Ulster Hall the that, 22nd of August I, I, guys I said it our very first show I did say go out and support your local show this is one of those times where you cannot, as a mixed martial arts fan living in Northern Ireland, turn this down. Go and get yourself tickets to Clam Wars coming up in Ulster Hall. There's also Clam Wars coming up now in March as well. Um, February 29th, I think February, it is. Yes, that's yep, February 29th. February 29th. March, and I know yep. it's February because I'm fucking going to have to be there. If I turn up in March and there's nobody there, they'll think I'm a complete dick. <laughs> um, but that has a couple of cracking fights on it as well mm. for local um, talent. We, we've touched on Dave Hill yep. taking on Tiger Lane. And That's going to be first, a quality fight. That is yep. a superb fight. Both these guys fought in the amateurs as well. Fought mm-hmm. one another in the amateurs. Tag came away with a decision win. Yep. So potential for Dave there to show how much he, he's grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've always said I think his game's better suited to, to pro ranks. It is. It is. He spent Dave. time away at Bali MMA, uh, mm-hmm. refining himself. Tag obviously moved to Team KF. Mm-hmm. So I think both these guys have got better. They have definitely, and Tag went out as well to Tiger Muay Thai, if you remember too. Mm-hmm. So he spent time away. They've gone and matured as individuals, matured as fighters. This has got a great, great fight. Big fight appeal about it. Um, huge, think, ban- huge amateur bantamweight uh, title fight as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Sean Devine has had to uh, relinquish his title. Uh, Injury again. And the, the fight... Um, is now for the vacant bantamweight title mm-hmm. against Sean's teammate Matthew Freel taking on former flyweight champion Carmel Conway. Yeah. So this there's another huge fight and and a fight I think somebody like Henry Corrigan's going to be keeping a wee eye on this I, I fight. I think and, and somebody else who would be keeping an eye on this fight as well is Michael Swan. Mm, Michael yeah. Swan unfortunately didn't get the, the decision or didn't get the win and uh, against Sean the first against time Sean around. Yeah. Last time around and I thought Michael would have been a great person just to drop in but obviously they've gone. Clam Wars have gone a, a further direction away from that. Mm-hmm. But as you said, this is a fight that somebody like Henry Corrigan could potentially see in his future. So if, if Matthew Freel wins the belt, mm. his former teammate Sean was the champion, mm. does that pose a problem in the gym? I would think it probably does. Well, I'm going to tell you, if I won that title, I would torture the life out of him. I would <laughs> take the piss out of him constantly. Um, Maybe, but we don't know, obviously, that gym dynamic. Maybe mm-hmm. they are good friends, and it's just never going to be that case. But maybe there's that bit of professional rivalry, mm-hmm. and it might lead to some very good narrative down the line where they do 
eventually have to take one another on. So like a John Jones and Rashad Evans exactly. kind of thing. Train a gym's a different time, or you know, have your own time in the gym and stuff like that. So you never know. Um, it's a good story. It That's is a good story. Just a stern shit a wee bit there. Yeah. Good, I'm glad about that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I Clan Wars. Uh, the also, twi- the return of Mark uh, Jakimovic as well, fighting Chris Gale. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, sort of the, the young lion versus uh, the veteran lion. And that is a... Uh, Made a conscious effort not to say old lion there. Yes. The veteran lion. Veteran lion, yes. Chris is mm. the same age me, I think. Maybe, maybe a bit older, actually. Um, but he is an absolute beast and yeah. come forward fighter um, Mark's a come forward fighter former, so. former judo champion as well and uh, former competition bodybuilder yeah. so a big strong guy with, mm. a, with a judo background so it's, uh, Mark great, will need to be careful in the clinch there also uh, um, again Troy Gibson Yep, Troy Boy Gibson, yeah. Um, Against so Cal Patton. That's, uh, Cal Patton's another guy that just charges, charges forward. Charges forward. Just seems to have no regard for his own face. No, um, but a very, very capable fighter too. Oh, yeah. He slowed He's himself down a wee bit. I think that that guy could be Incredibly much, much tough. Yeah. Incredible. I think, who was it he fought? Was it Leon Hill on a, a Clan Wars card? And there was just... He had a number of head kicks landed mm. on him. He was taking shots. He was throwing back every mm. time he got hit. So incredibly durable yeah. and a real tough test for Troy Gibson. I think that is a tough, tough test for Troy. Um, but, I mean, that, that, again, stacked cards in Ireland, all over Ireland. Mm-hmm. So You've uh, also got Cage Contender. Cage Contender. Oh, sorry, Cage, Cage Conflict. Conflict. Sorry, Cage so Conflict. Ben Davis, the coach of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shaolin MMA is fighting on that as well. Yeah, so that, that's going to be in the Devonish. I was at their first. I didn't get to the second mm-hmm. one because I was away. I was at their first show. Mm-hmm. It was the atmosphere and it was absolutely electric. I was going to say I've heard nothing but good things about that show. You're going to have I think Glenn McVeigh's on that. Aiden Devlin. Aiden uh, Devlin's a great fighter, great uh, human being as well. Very uh, funny man. You know, there's some some real quality guys on on, mm-hmm. on that card as well. So. Um, really, en- really entertaining time. Really exciting yeah. time for for Irish, for Irish MMA. MMA completely, and it's, it's good to see opportunities being created for these guys. Shows being made, as you said, kids, kids conflict. There um, is a, a an up and coming show, mm-hmm. but it looks to be building momentum fast. Building yeah. momentum really fast. I'm getting a home there in the Devonish Complex in Belfast, which is also where I think they've gone about it the right way. They're they're instead of taking it on tour, so to speak, they're mm-hmm. they're building a, a, a hub first, building yeah. a home first. They're building that home and building mm-hmm. that that local fan base, and with that behind them. Um, this is going to get bigger and better for them, I think. Crowd pleasing favourites like Deggy Dalton. Deggy Dalton. Deggy Dalton's on it. Star. Cal McClurkin's on it as well. Kyle. Big Kyle's on it as well. So. Yes, I saw that actually. Cal's uh-huh. a great fighter too. Um, I mean, so you have those guys on the show. It's not going to be, uh, and let's just say, there's going to be entertainment. Yep, that is an entertaining show. Uh, a rising tide lifts all ships in Irish MMA. So it's very, great, very true. Great for the sport, great for the fighters that they have mm-hmm. opportunities to fight. Yeah. Cage, Cage Legacy's coming up as well, March 13th. Yeah. March 14th, sorry, Keys Legacy 13, March 14th, down uh, in Drogheda. And also there's that uh, Paddy's Day show. The Paddy's Day show, yes. Uh, what's that called again? Uh, I looked at that the other day. Um, it's in St George's Market. Can't remember the name of the promotion. That's terrible. I think, it's, I think it's a stateside show that's coming over mm-hmm. here. Cage, yeah. That's Cage Gladiator. Cage Gladiator. Now, I think they've, I've looked at the card there and mm-hmm. I think they've missed a bit of a trick by not With putting Irish guys on the card. Not a single Irish guy there no. on Paddy's Day. I think it's it's an American yeah. and a Filipino guy are headlining uh, it. Uh, nobody knows who they are. I could see this being an absolute like dust bowl yeah. of, a, which of is, an event. Which is unfortunate because you know they have all the all the variables there to make it a big mm. card. You know, fighting Irish, St. Paddy's Day. St. Patrick's Day. But they haven't, that area got, of Belfast, they haven't got a single Irish fighter on the card. No. I would have packed that out with Irish dudes fighting against guys from England or something like that. Really exactly. Built that mm. And let people just let go, especially on, on a tradition, traditional Irish holiday, yeah. really. And we all know St. Patrick's Day is a, a big parade in Belfast, big parades all around the world. So why would you fill a show 
with no Irish guys. Doesn't make any sense to me. I would nearly say what they're going to have to do is, you know, it could be crickets because you've got no Irish guys on it. I think so it just, will o- be. just open the doors, let people in. Yeah. Let people in and watch it. Paper the house. Ah, That's it. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, anything else you want to touch on before we go, Andy? Uh, no, I'm just going to mention our sound today, guys. We are in the gym, so there's guys and girls coming in to train. Um, so if you we bit of background noise, we bit of background noise, but again, I think I, it adds to the authenticity. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I quite like it. I quite like it. So um, it lets people know that yes, we are actually real human beings, and there is real other human beings in a gym with us. Mm-hmm. So we're not just sitting here alone, like a pair of weirdos sometimes. Really, but that's not too bad. So uh, may as well go and do a bit of training then ourselves, aren't they? Yeah, I think I owe it to myself. Um, make myself feel slightly better today. Happy days. Okay, folks. Um, thank you very much for listening. Again, go please like, subscribe, share us on the socials and again I've heard somebody else mention this term Jack and Mel used the socials on uh, Super Rad MMA last week so uh, I think that's a wee bit of confirmation bias no. mate you're going looking for something to confirm something that you want to be confirmed mate yes and it was confirmed okay yeah so in my mind in my mind I was right but the socials is a big thing so on the socials like subscribe and share at not another fightcast where can I find you Phil you can find me uh, Phil Campbell on Facebook and PC underscore commentary on Instagram just to keep up with uh, my travels and all my MMA orientated endeavours Thank you very much, folks. You can find me at, at the underscore icon77 on Insta, Instagram. And what uh, I want to do, first of all, is to thank everybody who listened to the last show with Adam Stewart. Great, great feedback. The guy's a nutritional genius. Um, he was a bit nervous on the show, but then came out of his no, shell. Big he was, man nailed it. Big yeah, man he was nailed brilliant. It. Absolutely brilliant. So thank you to anybody who listened. If you didn't listen to that, go back, give it a little listen. We have more things like that coming up as well. Um, we've got some brilliant, and I mean brilliant guests lined up, um, surprisingly good guests lined up as well. So just leaves us to say, go to your local show. Go and enjoy your local shows, guys and girls. Get out there. Support local mixed martial arts. Support your local boxing. Support your local wrestling fighters. Do what you can to help this sport grow and become a geek like Phil and I. Beautiful. I'll do the job. See you next time, guys. Peace, love, and Batman. <laughs>